Awesome admission professionals. This podcast is the Admissions Entrepreneur, a day in the life. I'm your host, Tom Skank. I'm the founder of Dartmouth Associates, and we are the creators of the Results Oriented Recruiting System, otherwise known as ROAR, a proprietary enrollment intervention that integrates entrepreneurial thinking and sales fundamentals to immediately help schools in crisis. We are also the first and only global consultancy to assist K-12 independent schools with their enrollment needs and through integrated multimedia campaigns, introduce schools to companies that bring best-in-class products and services that enhance their recruiting process from around the world. Dartmouth Associates offers 360 enrollment audits, online results-oriented recruiting training, executive admission masterclasses, keynote addresses, conference facilitation, and director placement searches. We also offer three integrated media campaigns designed to both exalt and align admission professionals from around the globe. This podcast, The Admissions Entrepreneur, A Day in the Life, our Roar Magazine, the first ever upscale lifestyle publication for the admission professional, and the San Diego Admission Fest Summit, Power Marketing for the New Era. These diverse campaigns are also designed to offer aggressive sponsorship opportunities for companies wanting to exhibit their products and services to the admission office market. If you need recruiting help or would like to promote your products or services, please email us at dartmouthassociates at gmail.com or go to our website at www.dartmouthassociates.com. Today, we're bringing fun and insights to your profession. We have incredible guests who share their unique life stories with you. So please make sure to catch each and every episode and like, subscribe, and share. Now, let's get started. Well, good morning, listeners. Again, this is your host, Tom Skank, and with me today is Dan Morrissey. Dan has a leadership style known for asking hard questions. Dan currently serves as the Director of Admission and Financial Aid at Cushing Academy. Dan joined Cushing in 2018 with more than 30 years of experience in independent schools. He previously served as the Dean of Admissions at Western Reserve Academy in Hudson, Ohio, the Dean of Students at Exeter Academy in Exeter, New Hampshire, and as the Dean of Residential Life at Baylor School in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Dan's leadership of enrollment management at Western Reserve and Cushing Academy resulted in significant enrollment percentage growth in domestic boarding, increases at both institutions. No matter what the role or the school, Dan has always endeavored to enroll and support the most diverse student body while working to retain a diverse faculty and staff. He is also the author of Teaching Clarity, Purpose and Motivation, a Secondary School Advisor's Handbook, and is a frequent speaker at schools and the Association of Boarding Schools on the topic of advising high school students and creating positive parent relationships. He was recently um, someone who has done incredible things at the Cushing School. Dan likes long walks on the beach, kisses from dogs, and fluffy bunny rabbits. Dan, welcome. We are absolutely delighted that you are here. You know, I, I watch Good Morning America in the morning, and, and every morning they have Dr. Shah, the, the, the dean of uh, the health, the public health school at, at Brown, and he always says, good morning, and thank you for having me on. So, good morning, and thank you for having me on. I'm thrilled oh, to be here. Well, it's, it's certainly uh, our pleasure. I've been looking forward to this, Dan. Dan, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start out with a, an opening question, and we'll just kind of move from there. Uh, you've had success both in admissions and as being a dean. You started out as a dean, and... I guess I've got two questions. My first question is, why did you move from being a dean to admissions? And why did what you learned as a dean be so helpful in why you were successful in admissions? Yeah, uh, that's a good question. So, you know, maybe we'll talk about this later, I hope. Um, 
the voices of mentors has been incredibly important to me in, in my career and in my, my 33 year path to where I am and, you know, where I'm headed, et cetera. And, um, you know, in 2011 or 2012, you know, I was walking across the campus at Phillips Exeter Academy and with Michael Gary, who's now the head of school at a school in, in Philadelphia. Um, and just, and he, I would consider him a mentor. And I said, Michael, you know, um, this Dean thing, it's, it's a young person's job. You know, I had been up all night with a, with a crisis and, and I had, you know, I have, I, at that time, I, this is, you know, 10 or 12 years ago, 13 years ago or something, I had young kids and, and, um, and he said, you know, my son did a PG year at Western Reserve Academy and uh, they're looking for a, a director of admissions. And I think you'd be great. And I said, what? I, admissions, I've never done admissions. He said, yes, you have, you just don't know you have. And so, you know, I think I, I listened to that, that voice. I, I looked at the school and then, and then I went and applied and obviously, you know, things moved on from there. Um, I think that what, what I came, what, what got me into student affairs was my, my student focus and being focused on the well-being and the health of kids, knowing their families, knowing their story, um, you know, I, I had a recommend, recommender uh, for, for this position who, who shared with me his, um, his letter that he wrote for this position where I am now, Cushing Academy. And, and he said, Dan knows the story of every kid at the school. All you have to do is give him a name and he can tell you the story. Another recommender for another position um, said, Dan, Dan will never uh, not help a student. So I think, you know, admissions whether that's on the retention side or what, you know, in, in terms of giving access to an incredible, uh, incredible academic, you know, institution or on the retention side, helping a kid when, when they're in crisis or when they need something um, has been a hallmark of what I've done. And, and I think it's, it's just good admissions work. There's an art and a science to admissions. Yes. And I, I can do the science. I can do <laughs> the science. I prefer the art. Talk to us a little bit about the art. What is, what is it the art that you feel you bring that, that is a, a talent that's allowed you to thrive in this position? So, you know, getting to know every family, getting to know every kid on a deep personal level, uh, connecting with them, even if they don't enroll at your school, knowing them. Um, because I think, um, I, I can't tell you how many times, it's, it's observational or empirical, but it, it's, it's in the dozens where a family will call and, and say, you know, my son or daughter applied to your school and uh, my son or daughter's friend applied to your school and worked with you. I know they didn't go, but we're now looking for a school and they recommended you. And so, you know, that, that, that word of mouth. Um, yes. I think, I think that word of mouth is absolutely crucial because uh, as I know, and, and you certainly know that if a parent in part of their research is really doing the right research, they will always try to get some kind of collaboration or verification that they're making the right choice. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, again, uh, TABS, the, the, the um, NABI, um, the, the boarding initiative that TABS has undergone, and NIS data shows that something like 80% 80, 80 of, of tuition-capable families uh, will are influenced by um, peers. So, you know, it's no different when you look at a restaurant and you go to Yelp, or when you think about going on a vacation, you look at um, TripAdvisor or something like that, Travelocity or something. Um, when you're trying to make a really important decision and a really expensive decision for your, for your son or daughter, you're going to rely on, on your peers, your, the, 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 the people you know and trust. Without a doubt. Absolutely without a doubt. Every admission officer has different talents that they bring to the position. You've experienced, and, and every school has a different culture that you have to frame your outreach. You were at Western Reserve, which is in the Midwest, it's in Ohio, and now you're at a school in the East. Uh, did you have to really change your approach, uh, given the geography differences? Yeah, so, the, um, you know, boarding school in Ohio, um, th the first question is, you know, um, my son or daughter doesn't need a military school. 
why would my son or daughter go to a military school? My son or daughter um, doesn't have a behavioral or a drug problem. Now those questions happen in New England, but much less frequently. So getting over the hump that, you know, we're a military school or, or a school, um, and there are some great military schools out there, but West Reserve isn't one of them. There are great, there are some great schools that will help with a student who is having behavioral or drug, drug or alcohol issues. Western Reserve isn't one of them. Um, Western Reserve Academy really relied on or uh, used SSAT scores as part of the ed- ed- enrollment process, um, which is both good and bad, right? We, and we can have a whole new podcast on just that, that topic. <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to I do not put myself forward as an expert there, but um, at Cushing, much more focused on non-cognitive variables uh, in the in the enrollment process. And um, Western Reserve Academy does not have an academic, a true academic support program for students who have a an identified learning difference. And, and Western Reserve Academy, of our 390 students, about 85 of them are enrolled in our academic support program. So, you know, learning how to read and interpret um, neuropsych tests, um, you know, has been great. I I say now after three years of doing this that, you know, neurodiversity is a superpower, you know. (laughs) Absolutely. To think differently. I think we, you know, to think differently and to look at problems from a different angle in a different way is really something that the world needs um, in business, in science, in, in social services. So, uh, in politics, all, all those things. So um, to be at a school that that has that values that and encourages that is really um, quite fun and quite invigorating. Well, I uh, I'm right there with you. Um, certainly, my family. I said I'm the oldest of seven. I think all of us had some kind of learning differences, and it, it is a superpower if you help kids come up with strategies and to be able to empower themselves when they work with people to articulate, this is how I learn. This is how I best understand what you're telling, for example. Yes. yes. And, and that requires, you know, that, that requires a lot of meta, uh, right? You have to kind of go back and, and, and say, you know, um, to the kids, you're, in my case, I'm not a classroom teacher here, but in my case, it's with advisees. And I, I'll say, you know, um, wow, you did really well on that assessment. Let's, and, and they want to focus on, on the outcome and really turning them uh, to focus on the process. So, you know, that essay was great. What did you do? Well, you know, I shared a draft with you and I shared that draft with my teacher. Then I rewrote the draft based on, on both of your feedback and then I passed it in. Okay. Well, there's, you know, now there's a science lab right up coming up. Now what, what's transferable between the essay and the science lab, you know, um, and so getting them off, getting get at least, you know, my current setting, getting the kids off of the, the outcome, the result, the grade, and really focusing them on the process is so important, individualizing it. It does take a lot of time though, because you have to really break everything down. And but stock stock their toolkit. You're right. And every every student has to have a different toolkit. And you know, we hear this term executive functioning. We were talking earlier about core values before we started this interview, but each student kind of has to have their own core values as it relates to their toolbox. Yeah. But you're right, just walking them through that process is, is really crucial to giving them that sense of direction as to how my life's going to work. This episode is sponsored by School Connections. The idea is simple, affordable and meaningful venues for traditional boarding schools, therapeutic schools, and domestic and international educational consultants to come together for informational and networking purposes. This process ultimately leads to the successful placing of students into the most compatible environments. School Connections workshops involve multiple individual meetings between educational consultants and admissions representatives from schools and programs. Their workshops range from two to three days and allow attendees to maximize their time with individual appointments in one workshop in one location. I know from experience, School Connections is a fantastic program. And if you are looking for students, please reach out to them at schoolconnections.org. That's schoolconnections.org. 
it's a slow process, but I'm trying to rename ADHD to ADHA. Um, it's not a disorder, it's an advantage. Um, and, and if kids can, I, I understand that, you know, the diagnosis of ADHD is important because they'll, they'll need to, when they get to college, they'll need to access services and they'll need to access extra time, all those things. But if you can get kids to think of, of that, the way they think as an advantage, um, and, and, I, and I often talk to parents in my office during the interview process or on the phone or in this Zoom, you know, in the, in the new world, in the Zoom world. And, you know, they'll say, he's just unfocused. I, we just can't get her to focus. And I said, yeah, but when, when they were three or four, did they know every single type of dinosaur and, 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 or um, Legos? Did they play with, oh, we couldn't get them unfocused. Okay, so the ability is there. The ability is there. Um, it's, it's what interests them. And the parents have this catharsis, right? And, and, you know, I can only talk about this through lots of personal history, <laughs> but, but you know, when, when there's interest and when there's, when there's a drive and when there's a, there, and the reward, you know, that, that Shiksit Mahali uh, flow, right? When, when the, the, the effort and the reward are, are in balance, right? Um, the ADHA seems to kind of fall to the side. And, and for every hyper, it seems like there's a hypo. You know, if you have a joint that's hyper mobile, too mobile, then somewhere you have a joint that's not mobile enough. Um, and so when you have this, you know, hyperactivity, it means that there can be hypoactivity. You can settle down and focus on what and how and when What's the setting? What's the timing? What's the subject? All of those things are really, really crucial for a kid to know. I know I can't study at 7 a.m., but at 7.45, I'm raring to go. You know, I know I can't study if the Bruins are on. <laughs> you know, I, I can do anything when the Celtics are on, you, you know? So um, <laughs> it, it, you just have to know. Yeah. And getting, getting teenagers, that 13 to 19-year-old, age group to recognize those in themselves really important we're a little far afield of admissions but um well it, it, it it's it, it's all part of it because i think when parents come to us in admissions uh they're looking for guidance and i think for them to see in you an understanding and an insight about their children certainly increases that that relationship and that bonding an mm -hmm. engagement, which is what we all want admissions, so they will ultimately right. enroll. So I think there is a big factor. And, you know, it, it's been said that a lot of people who get into teaching are those that can concentrate for six hours a day sitting somewhere. Uh, and I think it's always been tough to have these teachers who need to perhaps gain a little more empathy about everybody does learn differently. Yeah. Um, and you know, that's a, that's a whole issue about the pedagogy of, of which teachers work best. Um, but you look at uh, entrepreneurs. I mean, these are people that, that can hold multiple thoughts uh, throughout the day. And that's the only way they're able to successfully run multiple businesses. Yes. You know, I mean... That's why there's chocolate and vanilla. I mean, we want the people who can sit down and look at a, look at a spreadsheet for eight hours and get the right answers and, and tell us where we want to go. And then we need the idea people at the same time. So it's a, it's a team effort as, as always. Um, yes. What do you think moving forward uh, as you look at the future, having certainly been in admissions long enough to see trends, what are the trends you see in admissions? Uh, the challenges, and what do you think the, the new skill sets, if you will, are going to have to be present in successful admissions people in the new era? This episode is sponsored by the Independent Educational Consultants Association. It is the largest and most respected organization representing independent educational consultants. An IECA member educational consultant is a skilled professional who provides counseling to help students and families choose a school that is a good personal match, one that will foster the student's academic and social growth. IECA members adhere to the strictest ethical 
ethical standards in the profession, visit hundreds of campuses each year, and are among the most experienced educational consultants in the profession. They focus on finding the best match between student and school. Many schools have gained students from new communities because of their outreach to IECA members. Personally, I was a director of admissions for 20 years, and the IECA consultants were crucial in helping me find the best mission-appropriate students. They are fantastic people to work with. In fact, national and regional media, as well as government agencies, rely on IECA as the authority of the profession. IECA is consistently cited by the media as the association with ethical, student-centered advising. For more information on how to connect with IECA members, go to iecaonline.com. That's iecaonline.com. Sadly, and, and I'm the director of financial aid and have been, you know, at two different institutions. Sadly, you know, one of the big, one of the big challenges is um, accessibility, right? And, and, and I think that boards and boards and alum uh, directors and development directors really, you know, brick and mortar and, and, and fungible projects are all fantastic. But at, at some point, um, the financial aid budget, however that happens, whether it's through net tuition or through a budgeted financial aid, sum of money, lump of money, um, has to be addressed. You know, we, we need to maintain our, our accessibility. You know, I was, I was talking to a, uh, a placement person, uh, today about an hour ago, whose, whose children are both attending a school and attending bring school. And he said, you know, um, you know, my, my, my contribution to their schools is, is, is getting up over, over it's going North of 10,000. He's getting some funding, obviously. And he said, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen as, as tuitions go over 70. And, and, you know, this has been a cry, like Pat Bassett rang this bell, what, 10 years ago and said, we're, you know, we're out, we're outstripping the, the, the cost that the affordability so, you know, when only 5% of the population can afford you, there's a problem. So that's something, and I'm not saying anything that any admissions director or many, many teachers or heads of school know, but I think um, a focus on financial aid dollars is, is crucial. Um, I think the set of skills that's going to be, you know, coming forward is, is number, understanding numbers. And, you know, we talked, I think, before you hit the record button about the science and art of, of, um, of, of admissions. And, you know, I can do the science. I don't love it. I prefer the art. The art is the gumshoe, getting to know families and talking with families, but you do have to understand the numbers. So, you know, from where your full pay families are coming, how much aid you're giving and how much per person, um, you know, who in the office is enrolling the highest number of kids and what yield is and all those things. Um, and, 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 you either have to be able to um, create those numbers or produce those numbers yourself or, or as a director of admissions, or you have to have really good people feeding them to you. I've been the beneficiary of the latter. I've also surrounded myself with, with the latter. So, you know, that was intentional. Um, the next thing though is, can, is discussing with the board um, those numbers and, and, and tactically and strategically working with the numbers to make sure that you know you're you're using you're deploying your your faculty and staff and students um, as best you can, and and that I'm not students I'm sorry your faculty staff and and um, and your admissions team as best you can, and and that's and that's something that's really hard for boards because they all have their pet projects right um, you know oh we need to go to this town because uh you know my cousin's there and he says there's a lot of money. <laughs> Right. And, and, you know, we need, we need a better crew team. Well, okay. First of all, we need a crew team. Um, but, <laughs> well, <laughs> so, um, you know, getting them on board with a strategy and, and, a, and help and maybe a, a shared vision with them really hard, really hard. It takes a long time. It does. Uh, there's a great phrase, uh, herding cats <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. comes to mind. And, yeah. And you're right. Uh, boards, all very well-meaning people, but it, it's kind of separating, uh, you know, the individual agendas to 
the vision and agenda of, of the school's priorities. Yep. This episode is brought to you by ISCA. Does your board chair know about ISCA, the Independent School Chairpersons Association? The mission of ISCA is to support independent school board chairs in becoming effective governance leaders for their boards. ISCA accomplishes this by offering peer support and networking resources and educational opportunities. Get your board chair connected to ISCA today by visiting iscachairs.org. That's I-S-C-A-C-H-A-I-R-S dot org. I-S-C-A-C-H-A-I-R-S dot org. You talked about having good people around you. How do you manage making sure that, particularly when you bring someone new and not only bring them in new and, and train them, but how do you make sure that they're up to date and what kind of training schedules they might need on a regular basis. How do you manage that? What's your structure of that? That's a great question. And, you know, I've, I've onboarded people well, and I've, uh, and I've, uh, you know, and I've had some misses too uh, during the interview process. Um, I really try to do a high stress interview if I can. Um, You know, so if I'm hiring someone um, who, you know, who's going to going to be in charge of, uh, running reports and generating generating numbers. Um, I, I will ask them during the interview process. You know, he, here's the law. Here's my login. You know, go into this website or go into this this data uh, field and, and produce a report on the number of you know full pay families in this zip code or um, do a do a 50 mile radius of of this zip code and tell me how many. Um, you know, students of color there, there might be, uh, you know, and this is an area that we should be in. So that's a pretty high stakes. It's, sure. it's not dissimilar to having a, a faculty, an English teacher come in and teach a class for a day. Sure. But sure. It, it's pretty off putting. It's pretty off putting. And I want to see it them under pressure. Um, the other thing is, um, you know, a group interview, listening, listening to the feedback from others, because I've come out of an interview thinking, whoo, that person is gangbusters and they're going to do great things. And my teammates have said, oh, Dan, no, 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 no. And, I, you know, okay, why? I need some, I need some evidence. Why? So listening to them, listening to the, the team that you already have, there's so much, first of all, is it a cultural fit? You need to get that first, you know, cultural fit. Can sure. we get along with this person? Okay. And now can they do the skills? And I think that might be opposite of some of my, my peers. Oftentimes they're looking for skills for um, skills first, and then can they fit? I like, can I, can I work with this person? And now can they do it? Right. Um, I would, I'd, I'd put a boost in here for the um, ASAP Association of Independent School um, Admissions Professionals. They have an enormous library of, of um, user-generated content um, that my team, and it's, it's short money for membership, for, for an office-wide membership. And my team, you know, we, we, we're in there all the time and I'll say, you know, do an hour a month. And over the course of the summer, do two hours a month. That's a lot of training over the course of a year. Well, it's it's uh, it's great that you bring that up. First of all, uh, Janice is a dear friend of mine. In fact, uh, not too long ago, they asked me to do a four-hour webinar for the membership. And no, she's she herself is is great. She's got a tremendous vision for continuing to exalt the profession as, as it is, not as a stepping stone to necessarily becoming ahead, because I think in many cases, there are different skill sets. Some people have them, some people don't. Some people absolutely love, love the admissions aspect of it. In fact, I have a, a client school that that was one of the trainings that they did is they were expected when I was working with them that they would spend so many hours on one of the webinars that ASAP offers. And then uh, I would have to come back and do a report to their peers. Yeah. And, and I also think, you know, so he's not at, at BBN anymore, but like someone like Jordy Nelson would put on screen his data and say, you know, this is how I slice it. This is how I dice it. Um, and, and, and so it's not some nebulous or ethereal, it, it is a rubber hits the road organization. Uh, and, and so, and when, you know, when you're busy, 
you know, being able to spend an hour and get a couple of ideas is, it's really crucial. So. Well, and anybody that's successful <clears throat> usually has some kind of organized, regular plan for learning new stuff. Agreed. Agreed. So, so important. So you've got it. And how, how big is your, your team, Dan? Um, we're a team of seven. That includes two admins. Okay. Seven uh, and a half. Let me just drill down a little bit in terms of training as it relates specifically to the interview um, and the planning for that interview. Because as we know, these families are leading busy lives. And even though their child's next school is important, uh, many times we don't get that second chance to make that first impression. Have you had any discussions or what is your view of the best way to plan for, uh, say, meeting a family, they haven't applied yet, to have that meeting and then tacitly or blatantly move them down to the next stage of the funnel? Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know if I don't know if I'm that different than a lot of my peers in the in the you know in in admissions the admissions world today. But um, first and foremost, the expectation is or the expectation is set, you know, by me that that yep. when a family comes on, they the the admissions rep who's going to meet with the family has reviewed the inquiry. Now that's not always possible because sometimes families visit before the inquiry, and that's fine. Sure, it's a drop um, in or. Yeah. Right. Um, you know, the, the, we can talk about the tour as well in a minute, but, but um, so you, you at least have the general sense, you know, where they're coming, you know, what their interests are, you know, a grade um, and, and you can go from there. That's something to build upon. Um, we do have a pool. Um, everyone has their own. I don't mandate a, a, a interview style or, or manner, but, but everyone, but we do have a, a pool of questions that, that we all ask. Um, you know, I do have some peers, I'll, I'll name one of them, Peter Curran down at Blair. Um, he's now the head of school, but he had been admissions director at Blair for a number of years. And he has an incredible rubric uh, for admissions and, you know, that makes me jealous. It, it, we, just, we just haven't been able to get time to sit down and develop that here yet. But we do have a pool of questions from which we will ask one of those questions. Um, the other thing is encouraging a little prep on the applicant's side. So we do have on our website um, some tips and tricks for interviewing, and we send those to the families and to the students before they interview. So they, they at least know what's going to happen. You know, um, and, and that has seemed to help with the quality of the interview. Um, uh, but before you even get into the interview, you, you know, in your admission office, you need to have people who are going to make teenagers or, or even preteens in some cases comfortable, feel at home, feel safe. So because if those aren't there, then the interview is not going to be good. Um, the, I forgot the other part of your question, but, but the tour is one of the most nerve wracking things for an admissions officer, right? You're watching... $300,000 go out the door with a, with a 15 year old and you don't, aren't exactly sure what they're going to say. Right. And I do think that the student led tour is, you know, a crucial part of the admissions process at, at, um, at uh, a boarding school. Um, so training those tour guides is crucial. Uh, having the tour route mapped out is crucial making sure that they know that they can say, you know, I don't know the answer to that question. And coming back to the office and saying, you know, Mr. Morrissey, the Jones family asked about the following so that they bring that question back with them and, and lead, there's an entree into it. The tour guide, the, the admissions rep all have to know the tour guides as well, you know, because when the tour guide comes in to pick up the tour, you can say, hey, great job in the play the other night. Or, you know, how's your mom? I haven't talked to her in a little bit. Or, you know, hey, how's your little brother doing? Are we going to get an application from him? So there's a, a knowledge of, of that kid's life on your campus. You know, how's the dorm going? How's your roommate? I heard she was sick. Um, you know, those kind of things. Uh, making the small the school really small really quickly is, is, uh, is crucial. You asked, about, you asked about driving through the funnel. There are a lot of tools now to drive families through the funnels, you know, like um, HubSpot is something we use. It's a, mm -hmm. it's an automated email and communication, um, uh, you know, 
platform. Um, you know, it's, it's expensive, but it's highly, highly efficient and really, really professional looking. But, um, you know, I have a, a, a dear friend and, and mentor, uh, Jerry Larson, who, who always says admissions is about follow-up. Admissions is about relentless follow-up. Yep. So driving someone through the, through the funnel is about relentless follow-up. We're, we're seeing, and this is no secret to any other, you know, admissions director who, who might view this or listen to this, we're seeing people drop into the funnel very late in the process without ever being at the top of the funnel. So, you know, it's a, the, these, these stealth applications come in, you know, you're, you're waiting, you know, our application deadline is February 1st. Other schools is January 15th. Other schools are February 15th. Ours is February 1st. And, you know, on, on January 28th, we'll have 15 or 17 completed applications just drop in that we had no idea that they were coming um, domestic. So a lot of families are saying, we're interested in your school, but we don't want to be part of your drip email campaign. We don't want to get the calls and the texts and all that. <laughs> we, we've done our research and we know you're a school we're applying to. So that's, that's been an interesting thing because you can't, you can't influence that person until you know who that person is. And so, that's right. and, that's and now right. it's crunch time. <laughs> so it's a yeah, very yeah. savvy buyer. That's right. That's right. And that's one of the things that uh, it, before it was really the job of the admission person to, to do a lot of that educating. Whereas, as you just said, they come to us with a lot of that education already done. And, and then it's about more about rapport, mm -hmm. connecting right. the rapport with the school. Let me talk a little bit about, about the profession of admissions, Dan, as you've seen it and what it's going to take to attract, retain the best and the brightest for this profession that most people, as you said, we don't have formal education in this. As, as a friend of mine, Pat Finn, who now runs School Connections, said uh, when he was starting, he asked his uh, predecessor, what do I need to know? And, and, and his comment was, you'll figure it out. So uh, obviously, that's not a good teaching philosophy. What, what is it that we need to attract the best and the brightest? And, and what are your feelings about things like commission and, and bonuses for admissions people? Um, boy, I've never heard of, heard of the idea of commission and bonuses, but I, you know what? I'm all in. Let's, uh, let, uh, we'll, we'll have my head come in after this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about that. Um, um, you, know, you know, at first blush, and as I said, I haven't heard much about commission or bonuses. I, I'm, I'm someone who values fit. And, and um, when I hear bonus or commission, I think that fit might come second, right? If personal gain is involved. Um, so I think that the compensation should be fair and, 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 you know, very good and very strong. I think, I think, you know, one of the things that impacts retention for me is, um, is that you have a board who doesn't understand the challenge that admissions officers face in, mm the 21st century, we're 20% through the 21st century. So in 2021, um, and how hard it is, how many touches, you know, we, we average something like 36 touches before we even get an application, um, never mind an enrollment. That's right. <laughs> so, so, you know, um, it, it's a real, it's a real challenge. And, and to have those people in authority, understanding that and, and having that, that defense, and the support from them um, is is crucial. Um, you know, I, I think too. Um, you know, I left Western Reserve Academy uh, three years ago, and and you know, I, I'm still tracking those those kids' outcomes, right? Wow. So I, you know, that you know, I, and I and I love celebrating, um, you know. The, the the college acceptances you know there's a there's a young woman there who who uh who got into princeton and, and that's great that's an outcome for her that was good and all that there's another kid there who's going to um who's going to another a local um state school and for him that's like princeton <laughs> you know like um and you know i gave his mom a call and i said hey congratulations i'm so excited you know um and she said, we are too. And, and, and so um, being able to see the good in what you're doing 
and being able to see the, the, the fun um, in, in giving access to this incredible opportunity in, in, in opening a, a student's eyes and family's eyes to this incredible opportunity. There's a thing that happens at, <clears throat> at assemblies every day in, in, in boarding schools. I'm, 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 you know, my career has been boarding school, so it might happen at day schools too, but I, I've seen it, you know, and the headmaster will get up and say, I'd like to make an announcement. Um, we have a very special award, you know, Johnny Smith was, was given the such and such award and all the faculty turn to the advisor and the advisor says, <laughs> right? Right. And then, and then the headmaster says, in another news, Mary Smith, we've had to separate Mary Smith from the school for another round of bad behavior. And no one looks at the advisor. Everyone turns to the director of admissions and goes, right. <laughs> That's <laughs> a great story. <laughs> and so it happens every assembly. <laughs> and, and, um, and, I, and I think that, you know, you have to have that thick skin to say, look, um, you know, we're, we're, we're doing the best we can given the information we have in, in the enrollment process. And so, you know, support from the board, support from the very top, the chair, chairperson of the board of trustees has to know what your strategic um, plan is and how you're tactically, you know, attacking that plan. Um, the challenges that you face as an admissions enrollment um, manager, um, you know, we admissions, the enrollment manager is in 2021, chief revenue officer, customer relations, you know, customer relations um, expert. And so understanding that role and, and, and the challenges is really important, is, 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 is crucial. And yeah. I've, been, I've been blessed. I've been blessed to have that support at, at two different institutions. No, it's, it's horrible to be second guessed. Um, and, and my experience has been that uh, there are many heads that don't really understand the admissions process. They, they came through the, you know, the assistant head uh, role before they were, or a, or a department head. So mm -hmm. we almost have to do the education of our, of our heads sometimes, as well as the boards. Yes. Yep. Because we certainly need that, need that support. Um, to be successful, obviously, we don't have a bed in the office. We have another life. Um, what is it that you do to keep yourself sane in the, in the, in the real crunch times, uh, both to manage your family, your, your personal wellness? What do you, what's, your, what's a day look like for you? So nowhere, nowhere in that introduction that you read at the top of this <laughs> was sanity mentioned. Um, <laughs> so, uh, you know, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, that's great. So I'm, I'm an avid reader. Um, I, I really do enjoy reading, uh, a lot of, a lot of murder mysteries. Um, uh, I've run two, two half marathons in the past, uh, you know, 15 months. So, and, and I try to run a, at least a 5k, if not a 10k every month. Um, there's been a whole virtual move to virtual, uh, races, but I have run one, uh, in-person race, um, just last month. So that's, that's something that I do. I like to, I like to jog exercise has always been part of my daily meditation. Um, and also um, to offset it, and it probably started because it offsets some of the cooking that I like to do <laughs> calories in calories out. So I, I like to cook, um, uh, you know, for, for my family. So what's your known for dish? Do you have a go-to favorite or one that's uh, you know, I, it depends. It probably depends on who you ask, but uh, you know, I think the kids would say um, uh, thin crust, thin crust pizza on the grill. Um, wow, that sounds my, good. My wife would say anything with chicken. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm really into right now. I'm really into some uh, some oyster dishes. I, I, there's a little oyster place in New Hampshire that we go to, and so it's a really. So you got the extra. Now you mentioned meditation. Were you talking? Uh, just as an example, you're running is your meditation or did you do other things? Do you actually meditate or, or, or do you journal things like that? I don't, I don't. Um, the unexamined life is worth living, Tom. I'm sorry. The unexamined life is worth living. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, I was talking to a good friend of mine uh, who actually reconnected with um, 
and that's um, Banky. Mm-hmm. And she was she was telling me that she was accused of always thinking about work, and and she said, "Well, I think about work a lot because I really like my work." How does that relate to your success? Um, it, yeah, I would agree um, that you know um, I really I do think a lot about a, a work. Um, I really enjoy my work. I hope it shows to folks I work with. Um, but I'm also able to turn it off. And I think that's the most important, you know, that, that the thinking about it for me is, is an option. Um, it's an option I I often choose, but it's an option I often am able to say, you know, not today, we're going to do something different. So that's, uh, that mentally you're able to flip that switch. So far. (laughs) Right. So far, so far. Um, as we kind of look at where the world is going, uh, you know, obviously as, as a thought leader in this profession and just as an involved uh, human being in the world, what do you think are some of the, the greatest challenges that we as a society face today? Oof. That's a, you know, that's a whole nother set of podcasts. Um, yes. And we'll do the, we'll do this again. Don't worry. <laughs> the you know I, I think well obviously immediately you know coming out of pan, pan, the pandemic with care and kindness toward toward one another. Um, you know um, I, this is not a political podcast, but um, I, I'm still not sure um, if Donald Trump or the current D- Donald Trump is, is the reason for. Uh, um, or the result of, you know, and I just haven't decided yet. Um, and, and I don't know enough to decide, but I ask myself that a lot. So um, there, we are so polarized right now. Um, and that, and that if you, if you <clears throat> profess to hold, uh, you know, even a little bit of either side, you are hated by the other side, hated by the other side, uh, even though we, we all are on a continuum somewhere. So that's a real frustration for me. And I hope that we can, you know, come together in, in some way. Um, I, I think we are at a, at a reckoning in terms of uh, race relations. Um, I think we've, we've probably been there before in the sixties and then again in, in, you know, the late nineties, but I feel like for me, maybe it's my age and, and, and maybe it's my <laughs> understanding, but I feel like this is going to be a real turning point for the, for the positive. Um, for us all. And, and so, you know, that, that's something that we all have to educate our kids around. Well, having, having you just said that, let's be a little more specific about Dan Morrissey's statement to the world. Let's, let's say we're putting together a billboard on the freeway of life. Um, what should that billboard say? You know, I, in my book, I, I had to, I had to edit a little bit, um, but in, in my, there's, a, there's a, a line from my grandmother that I constantly goes through my head, um, be a good kid or I'll kick your butt. And, and um, you know, <laughs> a crazy Irish woman uh, who, you know, who had it right. I, I, I think, you know, I think the things that, that um, our, our grandparents and our parents said to us are true and, and hold true. Um, I, I, I see people um, simply not treating each other kindly, simply not being aware of other people's needs in, in the most um, human and simple of ways. Uh, and, and I wish we could um, get back to that or move forward to that. Um, I wish that there could be civil discourse. And, and so I think you asked for me, you asked um, for a statement and I'm, I'm giving you my wish list, but sure. um, I wish for more civil discourse that we were not so we were not on such sides um, and that in the middle is just hate. So listen, if you are always trying to think of a response, you are not listening. Stop and just listen and let it come in. And, and for, for those who are speaking, give your words, give your words a few minutes to lay in, in the person's brain and let, let them 
um, circulate in there and, and, and steep before going forward with another comment um, and, and, you know, see the good in people because there's a lot of it. I, I agree. And it's, and it's a shame that, uh, that we're tainted by the daily newscasts that, uh, that still have that, if it bleeds, it leads mm -hmm. mentality. Yep. Uh, yep. But, but you're right. If, if, if there was not a lot going on of goodness in this world in communication, there's not a lot of stuff that would happen. But you look around, buildings get built, organizations get started every day, yeah. every day. Right. So I think right. uh, uh, what you're saying really, really rings, rings true. Um, um, my, bro my brother's a professor at uh, Clemson, and, um, and he, he asked his freshman seminar um, where, where they get. We were talking about this just this weekend, where they get their news. And um, it's Instagram, it's Twitter. Mm. And, and so um, our, our Dean of Academic Affairs asked for book suggestions, you know, um, and for the summer. And, 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 you know, my brother and I were, were talking about a list of books and that, that might be good for the 13 to 19 year old population. And, and he said, what, you know, what about, what about reading uh, two articles from the front page of a legacy, of a legacy paper? you know, newspaper. I'm not sure if legacy is the right term, but you know, an established paper and maybe the established is the problem, but, but, and reading it from beginning to end every day, read two articles, um, you know, of a balanced, from a balanced source. Um, sure. And, and wouldn't that be, wouldn't that be elucidating versus the Twitter and the comments and the Instagram and the, you know, so. Yeah. Something with a little more meat and depth uh, yeah. insight. And research. Yeah. And research. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just not something somebody, somebody made it made up in a vacuum. Right. Dan, you have been so gracious with your time. Um, I want to just for our listeners, let them know perhaps uh, as, as our collegial educators, where can they find your book, Teaching Clarity, Purpose and Motivation, a secondary school advisor's handbook? Where can they find it? Yeah, that it's on Amazon on Amazon. Uh, it was published by Avacus, Avacus Publishing. You know, uh, they've, they've done a number of our uh, books on, on boarding schools, et cetera. So it's on their website as well, but Amazon is the easiest place to find it. Right. Uh, also, before we, we leave, I, I want to give a plug to Cushing. Uh, I was a, a director of placement for over six years at an incredible middle school called the Cardigan Mountain School. And, and I worked with a, a dear human being by the name of Judy Beams, who, uh, who held your position. And she was one of the most empathetic educators that I've ever worked with. And, and I knew that uh, if I had a, a student that, that really needed a school that was gonna meet them where they were, uh, Cushing always came to mind. So I just wanted to echo what you said earlier about the mission that the school continues to have. So thank you and thank you for the whole school. You, oh, you're very welcome. We, I mean, that is, that is our hallmark you know, knowing, knowing kids, knowing what they need, finding out what they need and working with them in a really compassionate, really supportive way. Um, interesting. You mentioned Ms. Beams. She was, uh, we were talking about her in, 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 this morning in our meeting um, with, with reverie, with a uh, reverence, excuse me. Um, and some reverie. So she's very well remembered here as a, uh, as a leader. Um, and uh, you know, Cardigan Mountain, the relationship between Cardigan and Cushing continues um, I, I'm in contact with uh, the placement person there, Chris Lagantine, yes. on a daily basis. So yes, well, that's that's wonderful to hear. And to finish, is there anything else that you'd like to share with the listeners? As we, no, I think you up? know, I think my I, I talked about it a little bit at the beginning. My my career has been marked with, and and I have been lucky to have incredible mentors in my life. Um, and I, I'm not the brightest bulb on the tree, but I was always smart enough to realize that the feedback that they were giving me was from care and love, from a position of care and love. And I listened to it. I didn't always take it, but at least I heard it and I internalized it. So I'd encourage, you know, folks out there to, to, to really value those mentorship relationships, whether you're a mentor or a mentee. And, and um, because they, they, those, you know, this is my thanks. This is my ode to all the mentors who have gotten to me, me to where I am. Um, you know, thank you, uh, you know, Gordon and Ty and Tom. Um, 
and, and Michael, uh, Chris, the list goes on and on. Um, and, and so, you know, I encourage folks to, to listen, seek those mentorships out, realize that that's what the relationship is and value them. And, and um, when you are a mentor, um, make sure you treat your mentee with care and kindness and, and compassion. Well, thank you again for your kindness. Uh, the world's a better place because you're in it. Uh, thank you. Thank um, you. Let's, let's stay in touch. I'd love to do this again. And I wish you and your family a, a safe and wonderful spring and love to hear uh, all the exciting things in your future journey. Same, same to you. Thank you. Thank you so much. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider leaving a short review on your favorite platform. It takes less than 60 seconds, and it really makes a difference in helping to convince those hard-to-get guests. Also, I really love reading the reviews. Lastly, please explore the full range of our recruiting services, guest opportunities, memberships, newsletters, past shows, and our exciting promotional campaigns for 2021. Through this podcast, Roar Magazine, the first ever lifestyle publication for admission professionals that launches this summer, and Admission Fest Summit, power marketing for the new era. This summit will be held in San Diego on December 5th. Please go to our website for all details at www.dartmouthassociates.com. That's www.dartmouthassociates.com. Thank you again for being part of our wonderful membership, and I wish you an absolutely terrific day. This episode is brought to you by Winner Marketing. They are a global company that actually understands independent schools. I know, as their advisor, I bring 30 years of educational success, both as a head of school and director of admissions. They don't try to squeeze you into a campaign template that doesn't fit your educational needs. Instead, they first listen carefully to your concerns and develop a creative solution just for you. They understand the increasing competition in the marketplace and aggressively pursue a comprehensive campaign to elevate the school brand to your target market. Their precise approach guides potential families from awareness to inquiry and to finally enroll. They use world-class methods to raise credibility and rankings by featuring you in top-tier press campaigns and optimizing your Google rankings with dynamic content. Additionally, they create press releases, funnel and ad campaigns, SMS and email nurturing. Also, they enhance domain authority, create backlink strategies, and engage top-tier retainers to get you featured in platinum publications such as Forbes and Business Insider. They will also create a podcast branding tour to exponentially increase your exposure. They've got the skills to help small nonprofits to multi-million dollar corporations. Contact them now. They can save your school. You can reach them at their website, which is winner, W-Y-N-N-E-R, marketing, Com. That's Winner Marketing, W-Y-N-N-E-R Marketing.com. Or reach them via email at info at WinnerMarketing.com. That's I-N-F-O at Winner, W-Y-N-N-E-R Marketing.com. This episode is sponsored by the NinjaGram App. Let's talk about automating your social media with the Ninjagram app over at www.ninjagram.app. This Instagram software will help you automate and grow your Instagram following fast by using their auto follow, auto unfollow, auto comment, auto like, and auto story views feature, and much more. Get over to www.ninjagram.app dot app today to purchase and download the ninjagram app at www.ninja n i n 
J-A-G-R-A-M dot app and start growing your Instagram following fast today. Also, I want to give a shout out to my producers over at Hype Music Network and jwattproduction.com. These guys produce all my episodes and I trust no one else to bring the quality performance I demand every time. If you need help with your first podcast, they will take you by the hand and guide you through the whole process. Visit them at hypemusicnetwork.com. That's H-Y-P-E-M-U-S-I-C-N-E-T-W-O-R-K.com and at jwattproduction.com. That's J-A-Y-W-A-T-P-R-O-D-U-C-T-I-O-N.com. You will not be disappointed.